Today my guest is Caroline Geegan and Caroline is a run leader with our Let's Run Girls group in Waterbeach. She's also a qualified running coach and personal trainer. Caroline shares with us really useful advice around different kinds of training that you can do and we discuss when can you consider yourself a runner. It's week nine today and we'll be doing two runs in total. The first will be 18 minutes long and the second will be 10 minutes long with a three minute recovery walk in between and of course a five minute recovery walk at the end of that second run to cool down and stretch out those legs. If you're following along with the beginners program, when it's time to run, you'll hear this sound. And then when it's time to walk, you'll hear this sound. If you're not following the programme, you can just ignore the sounds and listen to the conversation. What are you waiting for? Let's get started. Starting off with that five minute walk. Do you want to introduce yourself (laughs) a little bit about how you came to get into running and kind of what you do with running now? Yeah, of course. And yeah, thanks for inviting me to speak on the podcast. Um, My name's Caroline Geegan and I... My journey running was uh, began in childhood, really. Um, I've always been quite a sporty person, very athletic as a girl. Um, I used to do athletics, you know, cross-country running at school. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, I just loved running in general, really. Uh, and I was really into distance running at the time. Um, and when I got to about university age, and I think I recall this being spoken about on one of your other podcasts you know the usual peer pressure of not wanting to do sport as a girl when you get older I did it throughout my teenage years and then when I went to university weirdly I stopped I think because of partying and you know university life just got in the way really and then when I came out of uni I was like shocked at how unfit I'd gotten you know um, I was just in a mess in terms of my fitness so um that's when I started it again and I literally had to start from scratch again for you know through through couch to 5k how did you find that because obviously you you were used to being really sporty and really kind of fit and always Mm -hmm. running is never easy but you know being able to keep up with the training how did you find kind of finding yourself back at the beginning again uh kind of disappointed in myself for letting myself get like that um because for so long running had been such an important part of my life especially as a girl, you know, weirdly it gave me confidence because I wasn't, you know, I was quite a gangly teenager, a gangly girl, redhead, pale skin. And running was actually something that I actually was good at and I had confidence in myself in. So, yeah, I, I was kind of a bit dis- disappointed. At the same time, though, I was kind of really determined to get back into it because I knew how it made me feel. And I've always suffered from anxiety as well. so with my anxiety running has helped me to cope with that and in my 20s that was kind of bubbling up and down so so yeah so I was, was it the the kind of promise that you knew you'd feel you you would get better and you did you would feel better that kind of got you through that initial stage of finding yourself at the beginning again yeah I think it helps that I had been running previously I knew what it was I knew what it was like to kind of build up your fitness and I had some knowledge of you know cardiovascular fitness and how to improve it and things so I, I knew it would get better and I knew if I kept training it would get better um but I think at the time I was just shocked at how hard it was initially because in my you know my teenage years it just comes it had just become so easy for me 
so yeah it was um a bit, a bit of a shock but at the same time I think it was great that experience because now when I work with beginner runners I kind of hark back to that time when I was like that and I know kind of know what they're feeling like you know so, I yeah. think that's I think um, that's so important yeah, because a lot of people a lot of people will come in and out of running for various reasons throughout their life you know whether it's like you said you know where they go to university and they and they fall out of touch with it or it happens younger or um you know pregnancy or just life gets in the way or other things like that and and finding yourself back at I like to think you never start back at the beginning because that memory that you had of being able to run is so important is that muscle memory yeah. so that distant confidence that you can you you have been there and you can get there again is really mm -hmm. important but I think having when when beginners come because you're you're one of our uh, run leaders at the water beach uh, let's run girls and when somebody yeah. comes for the first week and they're obviously <laughs> really nervous and they think oh my god this is so hard and yeah. it's so I think so valuable when you can just say I, I know how you feel mm -hmm. and I think it is it is really important because when you are like now obviously being a beginner runner was so long ago for me but at the same time, you know, I completely agree. It's it's really important to have that empathy with people who are in that position because it's not only the fitness side, you know, that's obviously that's a huge part and that gets better over time. But more more so, and I find this is more of a barrier, is the confidence side and the motivation side and the mental the mental side of it. Um, people just convince themselves from the beginning that they can't do it, and actually they can. It's not their body that needs to be talked into doing it it's actually their mind um I know it sounds really cliche but I see it time and time again you know if you give that person that confidence that boost to say to them you can do this they will do it um so yeah it's, how it do is, you find is, how do you give them that confidence or how can you give them or how can somebody give themselves that confidence I do this to myself and it's that it's that age-old thing isn't it of you give someone else advice but you can't take your own advice so my advice to other people is always, you know, again, it's, that, it's about having that confidence and that, and that kind of, I don't know, mental strength. But I think you always put yourself down and you're, you're always your biggest critic of your own, you know, whatever, whether that be in work or in your personal life or even when you're out for a run. So I guess it's not to be so hard on yourself at the beginning, you know, not, you know, you're not supposed to be this perfect runner who has to run 30 minutes straight. You know, there are times when you can walk and I think that's why the Couch to 5K program is so good. So it's, yeah, not to be so hard on yourself. And also it's to get that support and that and that kind of motivation from someone. And that I think that really does help, especially if that person has been through what you're going through and they know kind of they can give you tips and stuff. So it's kind of a bit of both really. And I think that's why... The Let's Run Girls groups are so good because you get both of that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think, I think it's almost like what you said about being you're always your hard, harshest critic is so true. And if you <laughs> almost imagine your, your, a friend of yours has done the exact same run that you've just done, you wouldn't be telling them that they were yeah. rubbish or that they shouldn't have walked or anything like that. You know, you'd be really supportive, yeah. but you're not, you don't do that to yourself, but you, you should. And I think mm. I think you were to really go bad at that. Yeah, I think if you were to go in someone's mind and actually listen to what they're how they're talking to themselves, you'd be so shocked. And I would be yeah. myself. Some of those things I say to myself, I am so shocked. I would never say that to anyone else. 
No, you, you wouldn't dream of saying it to somebody else. Yeah, you? yeah. Can you imagine it's if so you said that to one of your beginners? <laughs> I know. So it's like, you know, that is over time that can be incredibly destructive. Mm. So I think it's it's getting people to think more positively about that and actually to say to themselves, you know, they don't have like I said, you don't have to be this perfect runner. Um it's Well it's what even what even is that? What does that mean? There is no such thing, I don't think. There's no exist. It doesn't exist and I mean I see it all the time as well online and I get questions from people, you know, when do I when can I call myself a runner? I'm like, Do you run? Yeah. You're a runner then. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how fast you run a mile in. If you do it in like eight minutes or 25 minutes, you're still a runner, you know? So yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So you, um, as well as a run leader and a run coach, you're a personal trainer, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and how much of your knowledge from the fitness aspect do you think that helps your running, your running personally, but also when you do your beginners um, programs? How important is that? Uh, Usually, usually the main one of the main reasons I wanted to do the personal training course originally was just to learn more about the human body and like how you can use your body to benefit running and you know all the different aspects outside of running, all aspects of fitness, um, how you can like manipulate it in a way you know to improve your running. So yeah, it's been hugely helpful, um, and I'm a big, big, big advocate of doing cross cross training strength training to kind of complement your running um because it's a huge mistake that beginners run uh, beginners make don't they they just they get so enthused which is great about Mm -hmm. running and being able to run and improving with their running that that's all they do yeah yeah i think initially when you're a beginner that's fine to an extent because you're kind of finding your feet you're you're getting into the swing of running, you're finding more, you're understanding more about your body whilst running and that's completely fine. And then once they finish like a program like Couch 5K, they then go on to other things like 10Ks, 5Ks, half marathons. And um, yeah, I've seen a lot of times where they, all they do is, is running. And, you know, like I said, if, you, if that's all you want to focus on, then fine. But um, if you want to get quicker, if you want to get faster, if you want to get stronger, perhaps less injury prone, if you want to, you know, you have niggling injuries all the time that you want to get rid of. I think, you know, having that strength training strategy or cross training strategy and is really important. Um, and that was me for a long time. In my, throughout my 20s, all I did was run. All I did was run. I didn't do any strength training. I didn't do any, anything else. And I was wondering why I wasn't getting faster. I was wondering why I kept having ankle injuries or knee injuries. Um, and it was only until I started taking strength training seriously that I started to see that improvement. And that's when I wanted to do the personal training qualification as well, because I wanted to learn more about how, you know, I could really improve my running. And um, I would read stuff online, but I myself wanted to learn that and, you know, apply that and help and hopefully help others as well through my blog and then through the the, the group sessions as well yeah so yeah so it's it really is really overwhelming there's a huge amount of information out there online on yeah. you know, various different ways about about strength training for someone who's i guess their natural comfort zone isn't necessarily in a gym or anything like that they much prefer to be out running on their own or with a group where do you suggest people start mm-hmm. with strength training to improve running or to support their running? 
Um, I think it can people, yeah, I agree completely when they hear the term strength training. Cross training is things like um, cycling, yoga, walking is a form of cross training, swimming, other things like bar and um, pilates, all that sort of stuff. And it's basically any other exercise that's not running and it's not as high impact as running. Um, so as you can imagine, cycling is a great thing for that because you know, you're not constantly on your feet. So yeah, cross training is great because it gets you kind of using different energy systems, different type, different muscles, and obviously things like yoga and Pilates are great because it's aids your recovery. It's a form of stretching. It, it increases your flexibility, your coordination, etc. So yeah, that's um, I would say yeah, classify those sorts of activities as cross training. Um, and yeah, I think that can form part of a of your training plan as well if you're training for like a half marathon or something or even if you just enjoy it you know I know a lot yeah, of runners I think a bit of balance is really important isn't it and I, and mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of these running programs and training programs that suggest you run every day or six times a week I think no. it's too much it's too much mm -hmm. I think it's too much mentally and physically it's too much on your body that impact like you said and it's yeah. I just think you you risk really falling out of love with running yeah i think if it becomes every day it almost becomes like a not an obsession but you feel like you have to do it and yeah i agree completely it, it, it loses it loses its fun which is never good when it comes to any, any supposed to enjoy yeah um and yeah i agree completely i don't think that's great for recovery. i think any training plan should include at least two rest rest days mm. you know and even if you do a bit of yoga on the rest day fine but for me yeah two days is is is, is always good to have as rest days yeah and i think i mean i have spoken on many episodes on this podcast already about being injured and cross training it has been so important uh, for my mental health during, yeah. and as well as my kind of cardiovascular health during injury. I've had quite a bit of time off running and um, having gone into cycling and swimming, that has just kept me sane more than anything. Yeah. I think it's yeah, no, nice definitely. to have options. Yeah, and cross, that's, and cross training is, yeah, exactly that. It's great for adding that variety into your training plan if you're the type of person that doesn't just like to run and it's also good for like rehab as well like you say because I know that you had an injury recently didn't you mm. and I know that you're a keen cyclist as well so it's great to kind of be able to be active still but not putting all that pressure and impact on that injury so yeah it's um it has its benefits definitely and then if you get really keen you can uh, do a triathlon which uh, <laughs> we've got we've got an episode on with um oh, with Becky so yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so you have, I think it's I, I, uh, fair to say you're quite a fast runner um, and that you've built up that, you know, you said you were struggling to get beyond a certain or under a certain time, you know, you were kind of plateaued for a while. How did you break through that mm -hmm. as well as the strength training? What kind of other running training were you doing? So yeah, I, in the beginning, I was just focusing on like, you know, the standard running. But yeah, when I started to pick up my speed and like my endurance got better and my stamina, I started experimenting with different forms of running. And when I say I started, like I said to you before, in my 20s, all I would do is running and long, slow runs. That's what I would do. And, <laughs> and I was worried, you know, wondering why I was never getting faster and all this stuff. So yeah, 
Is that a plod, fair to say? A ploddy run? <laughs> yeah, a ploddy run, yeah. That's all I was kind of doing and that's all I thought you should do in running to get to get better and that's you know that's all I knew really um and yeah I started like researching like other ways and then that's when I found like things like interval training and like speed training and hill running and all this sort of stuff and this is the sort of thing that I write about quite a lot on my blog actually but yeah I started doing all that and putting that into my training plan and yeah as soon as I started like varying my pace and experimenting with different paces that's when I started to get faster because my body was getting used to running more faster so my my own like body was getting used to that and my you know my cardiovascular fitness was improving and so yeah it's it's quite quickly that you see that benefit isn't it from from interval training I found sometimes it's as little as a couple of sessions a couple of interval sessions and and you might break a lot of people, you know, get stuck around the 30 minute 5k marker or something like that. And yeah, and a few interval sessions that aren't necessarily the most comfortable, but your body is getting more and more comfortable with being slightly uncomfortable and you might break yeah. that barrier. But intervals is quite a scary word and quite a scary concept for somebody yeah. who's never done it or really doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, they think I'm not a serious runner. I'm not going out to do this. What, what is a fartlek? You know, all of this kind of jargon around it. Where do you suggest people start yeah. with intervals? My favourite type of interval to do when I first started running, and purely because I probably didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> um, is just finding like random landmarks on your route or even on a road, like lampposts, and just running fast to it. Obviously, if it's like miles away, don't do it. But I'm, I'm talking like 100 metres here. So if it's like 100 metres in front of you, use that as your marker and then just run at a challenging pace towards that and then slow down and then find the next marker, whether that be a bush or a, or a post box. And that way it's actually really easy to input because it actually becomes quite fun as well. You're like, oh, let's run to that post or, you know, let's, I ran there last time, let's try and get a bit further. So that's probably, I would say, one of the best ways because um, it's quite informal and you don't, you know that doesn't sound scary I don't yeah think. you don't need any fancy watches or anything like that yeah exactly and then the other one that uh is quite good is something called strides have you heard of strides or striders or no, i haven't actually basically it's kind of similar you could probably do this on a run out there but it's basically just find a flat piece of land and then in fact, I think you, I remember doing them at one of your interval training sessions. Perhaps you call them different, but basically they're like a mini form of intervals. You just find like a 100 metre stretch of flat land and then you just go at a challenging pace on that 100 metres and then just repeat however many times. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, that's another way of doing it. And I suppose it's kind of that is interval training, but I call I them think, strides because I think okay, I know that what you mean. Like like actually if you if you have i think i do them on jesus screen and there's like a, a stretch um and i do do these with my work colleagues yeah and you just like or not sprint it's not well the ones that i do it's not a full-out sprint but it's it's like a longer i was thinking mm-hmm. a park run finished maybe times three like you're not yeah. leave a little bit behind but you can't you definitely can't talk you know you can't talk to anyone um yeah. 
it's like head down, right, go for it and then, and then recover. And if that means walking or, or bringing it down to a jog, then that's, then that's fine. But it's, um, yeah, it's quite a good one, you know, for, for people who maybe they've got the kids out as well and you go like to the park, actually you can leave the kids in the playground yeah. and you can, you can not sprint, but, you know, do an interval and then jog back and keep an eye on them without losing sight of them the whole time. You don't need a huge amount of space for it. Yeah, I think that way as well, speed training is actually good in that sense because, yeah, I agree, you can fit it in, it's quite compact, you know, you, you don't need like a huge span of land or a, a massive like 10 mile route in order to do it. You can literally find a field or a road near you and just do it there. You also don't um, need a huge amount of time, do you? You can you can fit a really effective yeah. session into, I, I guess, shorter than a, a 5k run. Yeah. No, absolutely. And there's many times where I've hadn't hadn't had enough time to get in a full run or I just don't feel like doing a huge run. And I actually do just do a speed workout. Um equally, you know, they're really great to fit in after a run as well, if you feel like that. And as well, they're great to do on a treadmill at the gym if you are a gym goer. Um in fact, sometimes, especially when you live in this area, because it's so flat, yeah. <laughs> like hill training and stuff is actually really good to do the gym. So, you know, if you prefer an indoor run, that's a great option as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's variety, long, isn't it? variety is really important and it, it stops you from getting bored as well. Yeah. And I've always, I've never considered myself you know, a long distance runner. I think I've Hannah, one of, you know, our friend Hannah, one of the, the local run leaders in Water Beach. Um, I've always said she's, she's run the London marathon like a few times and I've never run a marathon though. I've never run a marathon because I just don't enjoy distance running. Mm. You know, the, the longest distance I've done is about half marathon. And sometimes when you are a run leader, a run coach, and you say that to people, they're kind of a bit shocked. They're like, oh, how can you never run a marathon? You know, it's like, well, I've just never been interested in it. And I much prefer like shorter distances where I can do more of a speedier run. So yeah, it's, um, I guess it's your preference really, but. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And there's no, whether, you know, what you came back and said, well, when do you consider yourself a runner? There's no distance that you have to hit in order to be able to like call yourself a runner. You could run <laughs> a kilometer a few times a week and that makes you a runner or you could run a marathon every weekend. Like there's no <laughs> rules around it. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I always find it funny with intervals and the beginners program because beginners think intervals mm. are really scary, but it's what they do every week during the beginners program. That is essentially yeah. interval, that walk run. Five K is It's interval yeah. training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when it comes to, I guess running that little bit faster or when the slower intervals are maybe them still running, it becomes a lot more overwhelming. What yeah. would you say to people coming to the end of a beginner's program who, you know, they may be done this, this set training plan for nine, 10, 11, 12 weeks and they get to the end of it. How can you ensure that they are still running and enjoying it and progressing three months down the line or, or six months down the line, 12 months down the line, because a lot of beginners mm -hmm. kind of get to that point and then, and then stop yeah 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 it's tough um i think although running is amazing and it's like changed my life in so many ways 
it goes back to the whole like there's so much information out there when it comes to like how do I get better at this how do I do this how do I enjoy it how do I improve my cardio you know my breathing whatever so yeah a lot of information I think sometimes runners get a bit overwhelmed when they lose that support out of side of that like little groups that they have because I think that training plan that somebody's kind of prescribed them yeah, exactly. And that's why Couch 5K is so great because it's literally just turning on the app or that training plan and just following it and doing it for 10 weeks. And you're very, it's very safe, very controlled. You know exactly what you're doing. Um, and then you come out of that and you're like, oh crap, you're in the big open world of running and what do I do? What do I do? Um, so yeah, I think the first thing is to really think about like your goal, your, you know, your next goal and what you want to do. And not only the running goal, because it's normally, I guess when people set themselves goals, it's normally like, I want to run a 5k, I want to do a 10k, I want to do this. You know, which is fine. And it's great to think about that and like the types of training plans that you could potentially do. So the running distance goal is one, but it's also, which I think is hugely important is like, what goal do you have for yourself as a runner? Like, I don't know. I find people sometimes focus so much on the on the earlier part of it they lose the enthusiasm for it and the fun because they're so focused on doing that so what's your goal as a runner what do you want to achieve like is it you know do you want to be more mindful when running do you want to improve some part of some part of your form when running I don't know I guess it's like your own personal development as a runner as well that's extremely important not just the fitness side if that makes sense and I think Um, what you said about you know you wanted to be more mindful or something like that they don't always have to be performance related goals do they or fitness related no goals. exactly yeah be, we get a lot That's of people exactly, yeah. to running and they just say i just i just want to get out once a week or twice a week that's my my headspace or my time away that's just for me and by committing to the group they're committing to themselves and that's why they do it and that's absolutely fine you know it doesn't have to be yeah. a certain time or a certain distance yeah no absolutely and um yeah that's the word I was trying to say, not performance related goals. <laughs> you said it so much more eloquently. Um, it's because I yeah, had time uh, when I you did. were talking to, <laughs> to think of it. Um, I agree completely. And again, it goes back to the point, doesn't it, around when do you class yourself as a runner? You know, the, the, the mum who goes running once a week when she gets time away from her kids is still a runner compared to the person that's doing five runs a week training for a marathon, you know. So it's, it's it's not, don't put pressure on yourself. Don't try and put yourself into a box, you know, um, do it, do it for you. Do it, do run for what you want to run for, you know, what you enjoy doing. I think the moment you try and become someone else or you try and, you know, compare yourself to someone else, it just loses all of its fun and its enjoyment. And that's just terrible. So yeah, just find what makes you want to run, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that's that's so true, and and people might not necessarily know why um, they they want to run, and so actually, I guess experimenting with it, you know, go on some social runs, go on some solo runs, maybe try mindful running, or yeah. go and do park run, or do an event, or things like that. And I think when you're, a, I remember going to do my first ten k run. And then, or 10 kilometer yeah. event, and then, you know, first park run and things like that. And your first, um, first event at that next level, whether it's like half marathon or something like that. And it's, 
it's really exciting and it's really it can be really nerve-wracking mm. and you can be quite anxious about yeah. it and and then the second time you do it all of a sudden it's not a big it's not as big a deal you still potentially get nervous mm -hmm. but um it's yeah. just trialing it and you know you might have done I've done a few marathons and I'm not convinced that that's my distance. I don't think it is. I think I much prefer like a half marathon or a 10K. <laughs> but you don't have to like everything that you do as well. You know, some people might do park run and go, actually, it's not for me. It's too busy. I'd rather be on my own or, or come to the group and go, actually, yeah. I'd rather run on my own. And that's fine. It doesn't make you any less of a runner. No, exactly. And, you know, for a long time, I was kind of beating myself up the fact that I've never done a marathon and you know I've never wanted to train for one and um but I think it's precisely that you know it's it's doing stuff that you enjoy and that kind of plays to your strengths I mean you know don't get me wrong I'm all for challenging yourself and pushing yourself out the box and whatever but you know I've always enjoyed 5k 10k distances I've always enjoyed kind of like playing with my speed and stuff like that so yeah it's that's what I enjoy so why not keep doing it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely do you do you ever have bad runs Caroline do you ever oh have god yeah <laughs> no <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah no I think when we have this world of like Instagram and you know like perfectness it is you know it's easy to believe that all these fitness people have don't have bad days but yeah definitely um i have many bad runs and a lot of it's to do with confidence sometimes you know um and a lot of it's to do with motivation a lot of the time i think a lot of women can relate when it's that time of the month and things and you, you kind of the hormones are playing around in your body and stuff gosh yeah that is for me, that's that's just horrendous to try and get out of the door when my legs feel really heavy and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess it for me it's like a combination of reasons. But yeah, I would say if a runner says to you they don't find it hard, I think they're lying. <laughs> they do they do find it hard like one day or another, definitely. And um, it's just natural. Like you're not perfect. You're not a robot. You know you'll you will have those days where it will feel harder. But then two days later you'll go out and you'll feel amazing so yeah, yeah. I always think um weird. you learn so much more from the bad runs than you do from the good ones. Oh gosh yeah and you learn more about your body as well and you know I'm very much very believe very much believe in like listening to your body and um when you do have those bad runs you know kind of like assess what you think could have made it bad fair you know fair enough you're probably just having an off day. Well done guys, you've just completed two runs and a grand total of 28 minutes running. Now is the time to walk back, cool down and have a stretch and enjoy listening to the last few minutes of the podcast. Other times though, it's because you're perhaps pushing yourself too hard and you've got an injury and it's actually telling you to slow down or perhaps it's because you know your nutrition isn't quite there or I don't know but you know it could be a, a dehydration as well that's actually a really big thing for me I try and drink water but sometimes you know it's not as 
you sometimes forget so yeah stuff just stuff like that really it's listening to your body I guess and trying to kind of understand what it's telling you and that comes with experience um as a beginner runner you know you don't necessarily sink into that as, as easily but having you know running for years and years now I kind of listen to those warning signs and um kind of put steps in place but yeah it's not it isn't easy it's, it is hard yeah and I think a lot of that you said is experience it's trial and error it's yeah drawing being able to draw the line under a bad run and taking something away from it that's positive because there's, there's been many runs that I've kind of gone you almost want to just throw toys out the pram don't you go like oh this is useless yeah. and give up entirely and and then you yeah. kind of have to think right okay let's not be dramatic you know pull back and think and oh, no, I will run again and, and actually the next run will probably be better because of the bad run but it is hard if you especially as a beginner if you feel like you're potentially not not progressing or whatever it might be mm. I I've done it with injury before and you just get so frustrated and and that but there will be a better run <laughs> yeah yeah no I agree completely and even when everything you think is going right in your training plan and you're eating really healthily and you're doing everything right you still have those bad runs sometimes so you know it happens to everyone and even like I can guarantee like even like the Olympic runners like kind of know Mo Farah they probably have their bad days oh yeah it really yeah. doesn't help when people say that but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's I think it's just natural I am um, quite often with bad runs like I've quite often you know when I thought yeah feel good feel ready to go out those are the runs that I kind of the first few k are great and then all of a sudden something happens it's like oh no, that was awful and sometimes it goes the other way in that I'm thinking it's going to be a bad run. It's going to be a hard run. It's going to be whatever. And I just go out and it's, it's great. And I think it's because I have low <laughs> expectations. <laughs> that is so common as well, isn't it? I still did that to myself as well. Like you head out and you kind of convince yourself that you're not going to have a good run and like, you know, Oh, this isn't feeling right or, and yeah. And then it ends up being really great. And then you feel amazing afterwards. So yeah, I, again, it's going back to that, you know your own you're you're your own worst critic and mm. if you had your own little cheerleader next to you all the time you know it'd be amazing so I'm like come on let's go but you know it just doesn't work like that sometimes and yeah the ebb and flow of running I guess I'm gonna try that next time having a, a rubbish run try and imagine that kind of inner inner cheerleader because I like that well I think it's always yeah, that what yeah. would you say to someone else so, you know your best friend who was running beside you you would not be saying what you're saying to yourself to them mm. yeah definitely not definitely not Caroline what I really like about your Instagram your your run with Caroline Instagram is that yeah you have some lovely pictures of you running and and sometimes it looks really <laughs> effortless but you also talk about those those rubbish runs as well and you so you talk about sometimes it's really mm. hard and it's very honest um with that and I think as much as it's really great to, to see, you know, to have loads of inspiring things on Instagram, it's, it's I guess it comes with a word of caution, yeah. doesn't it? Not to get lost in these expectations that are, are being set by people who potentially train as a living, you know, they're professional yeah. athletes. Um, your blog, tell us a little bit about your blog. Where can people find, um, 
find it for a start? And also, is it for everyone? So my blog is called runwithcaroline.com. Um, I started it in 2018 purely to merge my passions of writing and running. So yeah, I thought what better way than to start a blog? Um, so yeah, when I like I said to you earlier, when I started to do more speed training and strength training, that's when I started to see improvement in my running. And my blog really is all about those topics and how to become a faster and stronger runner so you will see a lot of that sort of stuff on there um there are a few posts on there about you know like half marathon training and distance running and stuff because i still do think you know longer run those long runs are still incredibly important when you're training for something to build your endurance and your stamina but yeah majority of my posts are around that sort of topic because that's what i'm really interested in and i'm that's what I'm really passionate about sharing with runners because a lot of the time as well, I think, you know, like we said earlier, a lot of runners neglect that or they just don't know about it. Um, so yeah, that's what it's about really. So um, trying to like unlit, you know, unmask that side of running and provide more advice around that. Yeah. It's breaking down those barriers, isn't it? Because it's, I mean, you don't need to know, you don't need to have a gym membership. You don't need to have a, a personal trainer. You know, it's actually stuff that is really accessible. You can do at home, you know, maybe a little bit of equipment like resistance bands, which cost a couple of quid, you know, it's not a huge investment, but it is a massive investment in you and your, yeah. and, and your running, I guess, going forward. Lovely. Thank you so much yeah. for, for okay. sharing that with us, Caroline. And I'm sure people will go and check out your, your blog as well, because there's loads and loads of useful resources on there. Yeah. Well done for completing today's run. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Caroline. If you haven't already thought of yourself as a runner, congratulations. You most definitely are a runner now. Make sure you do try and repeat this same run once or twice more, ideally before progressing on to week 10 next week. We'd love to hear how you're getting on, so make sure you connect with us. We are at Let's Run Girls on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Have a good week. Bye.